0: Tonight on Huckabee, Greg Lukianoff fights for free speech, how Rescue Missions give second chances, and Larry, Rudy, and Steve, the Gatlin Brothers reform. That's Craig Corley and the Music City Connection, and I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbray.
1: I was going to say Merry Christmas, everybody. Would you get a load of Keith? I mean, well, Keith later, but Trey right now. Look at this. He actually dressed up like this. What were you thinking? Andy Freeman. Andy Freeman is our senior producer, and somehow he's persuasive enough to get Trey in that outfit and wait till you get a peek at Keith and what he's wearing tonight. It's pretty remarkable. There he is. I, I gotta say, man, he's got nice, uh, Craig's got nice tats. Yes, he does. Yeah. That, that's really awesome. I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah. Not. Um, <laughs> you know, Christmas, believe it or not, is not a time for these weird outfits. It's primarily, for most of us, a time to reflect on God loving us so much that he sent his son to earth as a human being to live, to die, and to overcome death as the once and for all payment for our sins. But there is a practical impact of Christmas in that it serves as a milestone in our lives and gives us an annual marker of the things that have changed within the past year. Now there are children who are taller and smarter than they were a year ago. And there are some old people who are actually shorter and not as smart (laughs) as they were a year ago. Just saying. There are some families that have welcomed new members by birth and adoption. And there are some that will have an empty chair at the dinner table because some family members have concluded this life since last Christmas. Now, most of the items that we're gonna consume for Christmas dinner are exactly the same as a year ago. One of the stable and predictable traditions that most of us tend to keep. Whether it's a turkey, a goose, a ham, accompanied by dressing sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes and gravy, green beans or ambrosia, it is probably identical to what was on your table last year. Now, you're probably gonna receive some of the same gifts from the same relatives that you've been getting for years. Maybe it's a pair of socks from some aunt in Texas, or some fudge from a lady in your church, or some checks Mix from a friend's mother who has been sharing it with you since you were a teenager. But the certainty of it gives you a warmth as you bask in the nostalgia and the sensations of knowing that no matter how much the economy or politics or culture or sports dynasties may change, some things never do. The most important thing that never changes, is that Christmas is still a simple story about a young, unmarried teenage mother who was away from her family and all that was familiar to her. And then she went into labor in a sleepy little town called Bethlehem and gave birth in a cave where animals were kept. She ended up having to place her newborn baby in a feeding trough where sheep and goats and cattle had just been eating. Humiliating and filthy, You know, one would think that the birth of a king would have more regal circumstances. But God showed up in the lowliest of places to forever remind us that there is no place so desperate and despicable that the creator wouldn't go to get to us and give us his affirmation of love and forgiveness. I hope that most of the things that changed in your life this year were the good things. And I hope that the things that changed in your life that evoke deep wounds and the pain from them could be offset by the strength of all the things that are familiar. And hopefully, we're all going to be around next year to mark the birth of the Christ child, the milestones of our lives, and yes, the same stuff at the dinner table. In the name of emotional well-being, college students are increasingly demanding protection from words and ideas that they don't like. I wonder if that'll prove disastrous for the next generation. Well, our correspondent, Juan Garcia, went undercover as a student to find out. A movement is arising, undirected and driven largely
0: by students to scrub campuses clean of words, ideas, and subjects that might cause discomfort or give offense. There's, like, designated areas where people go when they get their feelings hurt. Okay. Have you heard of anything like that? I vaguely know. Yeah, I vaguely know what that is. I've heard of it. We have a free speech zone. It's over by the parking lots near the football
2: field. Our freedom speech shouldn't be limited, but it should be utilized in, like, better fashion. And if individuals feel like they are threatened by that kind of speech, then I feel like in those sorts of situations, I feel like it would be appropriate to, I guess... I guess, hinder that kind of talk a little bit. Do you think this generation
0: is a little bit too coddled or soft?
2: Yes. No, I don't think that. I think that we're
3: just a little bit hyper aware of the state of things, you know what I mean? I would say no.
4: Um, I think that the generation before us thinks that things should be their way.
2: I don't think we're too sensitive. I think we're finally realizing a lot of the consequences of our actions, especially our words. People are like just too worried about like getting offended.
1: Communication has been lost in this generation, unfortunately. It's a lot more technology-based rather than face-to-face.
0: People let words get to them a little too easily now. I believe that our society has kind of grown sensitive. Uh, I've always been taught to, you know, rise above that.
1: My first guest is a champion of free speech on college campuses and co-author of one of the New York Times' 100 notable books of 2018. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. From FIRE, that's FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education, please welcome Greg Lukanoff. Greg, first of all, your book, is uh, it's caught FIRE because you're talking about something that is incredibly timely, something called free speech. What's happened to it in America?
2: Well, you know, freedom of speech, that's my life's calling. It's why I went to law school. It's what I specialized in. I got snickered at a little bit by other students um, by specializing in First Amendment. They're like, oh, you'll never find a job in that. And it's what I've been doing for you know close to 20 years now. Um, the sad thing is, though, even though I was very well grounded in the, in the history of freedom of speech going back centuries, I was not prepared, even in 2001, for how easy it was to get in trouble for what you say on a college campus.
1: Today, college campuses are the instruments of
2: shutting down free expression. When did this trend really happen? It was only around 2013, 2014 that we started seeing um, uh, students themselves suddenly become, uh, uh, suddenly demanding what, what, what I called one book, freedom from speech. Uh, and it, it seemingly, seemingly happened overnight. It went from students actually being quite good on free speech to students demanding disinvitations, demanding trigger warnings, microaggression policies. And the book, uh, Coddling the American Mind, is, uh, is trying to get to the bottom of what changed so quickly. Well, Greg, let's talk about, if I were sitting in a college campus auditorium
1: and you were the speaker and I raised my hand and asked, okay, so why should I let you say whatever you want if it offends me? What is the value of free speech to me
2: as a college student? Most of human history, we should all remember, is when you don't like what someone has to say, you chop their head off, burn them at the stake, crucify them, make them drink Hemlock. (laughs) It was an incredible innovation to actually start listening TO people who you disagreed with, and sometimes actually recognizing that they might be right about things. So it's a very fragile, fragile right. And every generation um, comes forward with a new rationale for ending freedom of speech. Um, and ultimately, in a democracy, if, particularly if you're in the numerical minority, you have to remember: in democracy, if you're part of the majority, the vote will take care of you. But if you're a minority, um, you need you need freedom of speech. You need the First Amendment. And it's amazing that I have to explain this basic civics on Canada all the time.
1: In a world where people say we've got to be tolerant, we have to be mm-hmm. uh, loving and caring and, and open-minded, there is no open-mindedness and tolerance when political correctness takes over. I don't understand why particularly young people can't see the irony of that.
2: I've been asked a lot, what's the greatest threat to freedom of speech? And I think the greatest freedom of speech uh, threat to freedom of speech is complacency and ignorance. And you can't blame students too much about not understanding freedom of speech, or for that matter, civics or the Constitution, if nobody's explained it to them. And the states of civics education in the U.S. right now is, is really terrible. And what I would really love every college in the country to do is to explain academic freedom, freedom of speech, um, and freedom of inquiry uh, on the first day of school, but virtually no no colleges do that. What are we missing though in terms of
1: of explaining that freedom of speech means you're going to hear some things that you disagree with and some things that are absolutely, unbelievably offensive, even profane and vulgar. But that, too, is a part of the free speech
2: process that we have. Yes, and I think people get a little lost in kind of like how freedom of speech is supposed to lead you to like the platonic form of truth when really one of the most important values of freedom of speech is it lets you know what people really think. And that's important, especially if what they think is troubling. In the day of social media where people can say outrageous
1: things on social media, Media. Sometimes they may get booted off Twitter or YouTube for yep. it. But generally, uh, as long as a person remains anonymous, they seem to be able to get by with a lot more than if they put their face and name to what they're saying. That seems yep. ridiculous to me. Help me understand, how do we, how do we change that mindset?
2: When it comes to the anonymous troll, the idea that we would give up freedom of speech, that we would sort of sour on freedom of speech because there are jerks out there who, who, who like to troll you anonymously, we should start treating um, Internet trolls the same way we would treat graffiti scrawled on a bathroom wall. It's not even worth engaging. Brilliant assessment. I can't agree more. Well,
1: Greg, thank you very much. And I want to tell our audience you can find The Coddling of the American Mind online and at bookstores everywhere. Well, maybe not the campus bookstores, I'm not sure. But learn more about FIRE at thefire.org. That's thefire.org. Follow Greg on Twitter. I have a feeling you're going to enjoy him. All right, Keith Bilbrey, how about coddling our audience with some great things that we've got in store for the rest of the show tonight?
0: Coming up, Christmas gifts to avoid like this outfit and a visit to Frankenmuth, Michigan for Our Kind of Town. Later, it's classic dinner Anthony Kearns and Larry Steven Rudy, the Gatlin brothers performing
1: Christmas classics. All right here on Huckabee. When you reach out to others through Samaritan's Purse, you're going to help provide physical aid to hurting people all over the world and it's all in the name of Jesus. Be sure to call or visit the Samaritan's Purse website. Make a difference that lasts, and there are no strings attached. At Christmas time, and frankly, all through the year, you're gonna be glad that you helped people through Samaritan's Purse. All right, from matching underwear to corn dog lip balm, we've got the gifts not to put on Santa's list on a very special holiday edition of In Case You Missed It. All right, some Christmas traditions that make you think twice for our Christmas edition of In Case You Missed It. We thought we'd take you on a whirlwind trip across the globe to share a few traditions from other countries that, well, you might wanna bring to your own home this year to make some real memories. Some may make you want to forget Christmas altogether. So let's start in Greenland. Instead of Turkey, our friends in the north take up to 500 auk birds. They sew them inside a seal skin. They cover it with grease, place a rock on the top of it, and they leave it alone for several months. And when they cut it open, a pungent, fermented poultry treat that locals say tastes like Stilton cheese. Blessed are the cheese makers. (laughs) I don't think I'd ever eat cheese again if I ever looked at that stuff. All right, next door in Iceland, there's the tradition of the Yule cat. That's right, the Yule cat. He basically eats children who haven't worked hard enough during the year. (laughs) Now, the good news here is that the kids who finish their chores and school assignments get new clothes from Santa at Christmas. Because you see, the Yule cat only dines on slackers with dirty clothes. I kind of wish we had this tradition for all those snowflakes on our college campuses. Be a lot of room in the dorms, I think. Then down in Caracas, Venezuela, they celebrate the Advent season by skating to morning mass. Yep, I'm not kidding. Bless me, Father, because I'm on a roll. In fact, the tradition is so popular, they actually block off public streets so the celebrants can all get to church safely. Now, not being a skater myself, I'd probably have to do extra penance. Every yuletide rolls around down there. I said rolls around. In Austria and other Central European nations, there is the quaint tradition of Krampus. Krampus. He is a horned, half-human, half-demon companion of Santa Claus. While Santa rewards the good children with gifts... Krampus gets to punish and terrorize the naughty little kids. They even have parades and greeting cards with him on the cover. And you wonder what those cards say, like season's beatings. And I thought those folks were only afraid of Brexit and Greek debt. I guess not. And finally, how can you beat the tradition of Tio de Nadal in the Catalonia region of Spain? Because starting every December the 8th, children take a hollow log and they give it a little bit to eat each night, the log, before Christmas. And they cover it with a blanket so that it won't get cold. All in the hopes of it pooping out presents on Christmas Day. (laughs) I'm not making this up, folks. This is true. But it was maybe, well, let's just put it this way. If only it were that easy. Because on Christmas morning, what they do... They put the back half of the Yule log in the fireplace and the kids take sticks to beat the log while singing T.O.D. Nadal songs. How many of you have ever sung one of those? Probably not. And all the time they're watching that wonderful stuff that they fed the log for 18 days fall out into the fireplace. I think I'd taken a stick to the guy who invented that nutty tradition. Aren't you glad you live in America? Yes, sir. You bet. Uh, Keith and Trey, before I share my own list of things that I don't want from Santa, I'd love to know, especially dressed up in that weird stuff you guys are wearing, what are you going to get your wives for Christmas?
0: Well, Governor, I asked my wife, Amy Jo, what she wanted for Christmas, and she said nothing would make her happier than a diamond necklace. So I got her nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure that's not what she meant. Trey, what'd you do? That's really cheap. Uh, mine's way better. I mean, I got the, the, just the best gift for my wife this Christmas, the best Christmas present ever. Here it goes, a broken drum. What on earth? Why would you get a broken drum? Because you can't beat it. Oh! oh. Mm. Mm. Yep. oh. yep. Well, I'm going to take a few moments to let you know what I do not want for Christmas. I'm putting Santa on notice about these now, so I want my family to please listen up. This is stuff I don't want. Audience, feel free to let me know if I'm missing the mark on any of these gifts. But here's what I don't want. First of all, don't give me hander pants for Christmas. (laughs) I'm not even sure why you would want Tidy Whities for your hands, but hander pants are actually available online. You can buy them. And since they're for your hands, you'd think they'd make some self-defense ones in boxers. And if somebody says, what do you want? Boxers or briefs, you can just say, depends. <laughs> or don't say that, it's up to you. Now, while I can make as much use of a nose hair trimmer as the next guy, please don't give me the one that's shaped like a detached finger. I'd much rather use my own finger than a dismembered <laughs> one with a hair trimmer up my Now, many of you know that I'm a dog guy. I'm not much of a cat person, but if I was more feline-friendly, I sure wouldn't want a Christmas cone kitty ornament. I mean, why would you remember your pet with a vet cone around its head? I mean, this gift even has me scratching my head. And while I like a good cup of hot tea now and then, please skip the PP teapot when making that list, Santa. That's actually a gift. I fully realize that with this gift, I wouldn't have a pot to tea in, but that's on me. Now as practical as it is, I'm gonna pass on the iPhone charger, toilet paper dispenser with speakers. Boy, talk about multitasking. No, thanks. I'm gonna pass on that besides, What if you accidentally dial somebody on FaceTime while you're using that phone? I mean, that would go viral, right? It's disgusting thinking about it. And and I'm not a smoker, never have been. Disgust me, quite frankly. But even if I was, I'd want to avoid wasting a gift from St. Nick on a smoking mitten with a built-in hole for the cigarette. I mean, if you smoke, just go ahead and burn your own hole in the mitten and save some money. Well, I'm skipping all the custom lip balms, whether pickle, wasabi, or. Well, I might want to rethink that corn dog flavored one, Santa. I mean, keep my lips from being chapped at the state fair wearing corn dog lip balm. There is actually such a thing that you can buy. How many of you in the audience would like to go around wearing corn dog flavored lip balm? Anybody? Thank you for not even admitting that you would. And we read the news. <laughs> And aren't we glad you don't have to? All right, well, Christmas is almost upon us and there are so many ways to celebrate the holidays, but you may wanna add a new Christmas tradition to your list after seeing this week's tradition of Our Kind of Town. For most of us, Christmas only comes once
0: a year, but it's most wonderful time 365 days a year in Frankenmuth, Michigan. That's why it's named one of the nine most Christmassy towns in America, and when you go there, I'm sure you'll be giving it the same name. Festive streetscapes and Bavarian architecture glow with twinkling lights just the right mood to cuddle up on one of those cozy horse-drawn carriages at your disposal. Or take a stroll through the European-style holiday markets with fresh-roasted chestnuts Hot cocoa in hand, but make sure you keep one hand free for souvenirs. And there's so many kids and family activities, from baking your own ornaments to rolling your own German pretzels. Frankenmuth is home to the world's largest Christmas store, Bronner's. With over 50,000 gifts, ornaments, and decorations, you might need a few extra arms for a shopping spree. But make sure to remind yourself of the real reason for the season with a delightful Christmas concert at German Christmas carols inside the St. Lawrence Church. On Christmas Eve, join the townsfolk as they gather at the Silent Night Memorial Chapel to sing Silent Night on its 200th anniversary. You're sure to have a very merry time and commemorate Yuletide by gathering around a crackling fire with your family at one of Frankenmuth's cheery inns. The magic of the season can be seen, heard, and felt all throughout Frankenmuth, Michigan. And that's why it's our kind of town this Christmas season.
1: And our thanks to the Frankenmuth Convention and Visitors Bureau for helping us spread their holiday cheer. Now, I imagine if you saw that video, you're gonna wanna visit their incredible town, that big market, that's amazing. So hop on over to Frankenmuth.org. Plan your trip for next Christmas. All right, Keith, we'd all be jolly, or more jolly, if you just fill us in on what else is coming up in the show, tell us about it.
0: I certainly want to keep you jolly. Up next, Huck's Heroes' Glenn Cranfield, then the Gatlin brothers and tenor Anthony Kern sing beloved Christmas songs. More Holiday Huckabee is on the way.
1: With Christmas almost here, we would do a disservice to the season of giving if we forgot those who won't be able to enjoy Christmas with a hot meal, a warm bed, and a loving family. In every city across the nation, there are people who are desperately in need of help to endure the struggles of life. With me tonight is a man whose life mission can be summed up in that one word, hope. He's the president and CEO of the Nashville Rescue Mission, and he is tonight's Hawks Hero.
3: Nashville is a booming city. It's a growing city. They're saying you know, anywhere between 90 to 100 people move here every single day. And that's a great thing for our city, we're seeing that growth. But not everyone that comes to Nashville in that move are middle class and above. There are people that are poor. There are people that are homeless. They're coming to Nashville because it's the it city, and they're looking for hope. After being told for like 20-something years by my father or family that you're not going to mount to anything. You're not going to be worth anything. You know, I took that and I grew into the person that they shaped and molded me to be at that time. But then the change came about, and I wanted to do something different. And then I got that chance through this place. We can do a lot of great things. We can feed people. We can clothe people. We can house people. But we can't change hearts. Hope is knowing that every night when I go to bed or I read my Bible and I read about Jesus and his life, I know he's there for me. I don't have to live like this anymore. That's my hope,
2: that I don't have to live like this anymore. The
1: Nashville Rescue Mission serves thousands of men and women every year. But it's more than just a place to feed people. I want you to welcome tonight's Huck's hero, Glenn Cranfield. Glenn, thanks for coming by.
3: Thank you for having
1: me. We're delighted to have you. You are the kind of person that maybe you don't make the front pages. You may not be the lead story on the 6 o'clock news. And quite frankly, Glenn, be happy. It ain't all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) But what you do is incredibly important to the people who have nowhere else to go. A lot of folks may not even realize it in virtually every city, there's a rescue mission. It may be called something different, right. but it's a place where people who have no place to go can get a meal, a place to sleep, especially on a cold night. What led you into saying, that's what I wanna do with my life? Well,
3: I didn't know anything about homelessness, didn't know anything about the rescue mission. God put a hook in my heart mm. and really, uh, didn't speak in an audible voice, but really let me know, this is really what I want you to do with your life is really spend the, your heart, your time, expressing to them that there's hope, their value, their love, are wonderful people that I love, God says, and you can show them that. I love what you said, a hook in your heart. Yeah.
1: What a great phrase.
3: I was at, actually exiting out of the building to my car the other day, and uh, a gentleman was walking across the parking lot, and I told him my name. I said, hey, my name's Glenn, what's your name? He said, what? Huh. Well, I said, what's your name? He said, no one ever asks me. My name, wow. I feel invisible, and so at the rescue missions and ministries like that, we're 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 to let them know that they have hope. There is hope. Hope for today, and we can get your emergency needs taken care of. Hope for tomorrow, recovery with the addictions you have, getting back your track, getting back on life, and then hope for eternity. To know that there's mm. something beyond this life, mm. there's hope in another life, and that is eternal eternity.
1: When people think about homelessness, there's really different categories. I mean, there's some people that are homeless temporarily because they lost a job. Maybe things fell apart in their family. Some people are homeless almost permanently. How do you separate the, the care and the ministry that you provide to different types of homelessness? For those that are able, we certainly
3: do. We lovingly put a hand on their back and try to guide them through the system and guide them through the processes so they can get back on their feet, back into productive living, dealing with their addictions, their issues, maybe some illnesses, but to help them to get back onto to the pathway of productivity. For those that aren't, and there are a number of those exactly like you said, our call is to, is to care for them. Our call is to love them, to provide for them. The Bible says, I was hungry and you fed me. Mm. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And that's exactly what we do to those
1: folks, and we love them. Glenn, I want to tell you, that's why you are Huck's hero tonight. We are so honored to have you here. Thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. And let me just remind you that if you live in Nashville, visit NashvilleRescueMission.org. Find out what you can do to maybe volunteer and be part of that mission. And no matter what city you're in, be active. You'll find out there's a rescue mission probably near you. And B, you can be the actual hope of Christ to someone where they are no matter what season it may be. Hey Keith, you know what I want for Christmas? I want some amazing guests yet on our show. So what have we got in our Christmas stocking tonight? Well, it shall be yours. Next Christmas
0: stories and songs from the Gatlin brothers. Then tenor Anthony Kern sings a holiday classic. Huckabee returns in 60 seconds.
1: Welcome back to our Christmas special. We're so happy that you've joined us and hope you're having wonderful time with your family. Well, our correspondent Juan Garcia quickly discovered the taste that accompanies the action-packed stage adventure in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, with Sight and Sound Theater's show called Jesus. Watch this.
0: I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at Sight and Sound Theatres, and I'm about to watch the production of Jesus. But before then, I'm going to go backstage to talk to a few of my friends. Let's go.
5: Our vision is to bring the Bible to life through what we do, but also through who we are. We have a 300 foot panoramic stage. Our cast is made up of about 60 professional actors and actresses. We have live animals that come up and down the stage, and sometimes small sets flying throughout the theater over top of the audience heads. Uh, There's always action happening, and the audience has the opportunity to be right in the center of the story.
4: So the same system that's actually driving a lot of those set pieces is what controls our flights as well. So at the touch of a button, we have an actor who's hooked up on cables who can fly across the stage. One of my favorite flights in Jesus is when the resurrection angel flies from the back of the house down through the audience down to the uh, tomb and he rolls the stone away and then he turns around and flies back out. It's a really cool moment.
5: If you remember the old View Masters that you would click, you put the little wheel in and you see all these pictures go around, how three-dimensional those pictures were. We wanted this show for the audience to have that same sensation. So what makes that really cool is this really strong foreground, this really strong mid-ground and this really strong background. You know, there really is no other place in the world like Sight and Sounds. The greatest stories that we hear are not necessarily those that say, wow, the show was so amazing, it was spectacular. I love hearing the stories where people say, these stories were familiar, they're familiar to us, but we have a whole fresh perspective on them now.
2: One thing I've said all through this process is that this is different from other roles, any other role that I could play, because this is a person that I have a personal relationship with. Uh, it's not just a job, it's not just a paycheck, it's, it's, it's a ministry that's impacting people directly. In telling a story, we're participating in Jesus' himself, his favorite method of communication and
5: teaching. He would tell stories. Really, it's about coming together as the church and really being able to celebrate these stories and experience them together in a way that you just can't anywhere else.
1: Sight and Sound takes theater to a whole new level. Every show filled with great acting, amazing special effects, and a meaningful message. So I hope you'll plan a visit. Details are at sight-sound.com. Right there on your screen so you can write it down. My next guest, well, there's no other way to say it. They're country music royalty, a Grammy award-winning trio. And they've been entertaining audiences with hits like All the Gold in California, Broken Lady and the Great Song, one of my favorites, Houston. And they happen to also be experts on Christmas. At least that's what they told me. So please make welcome. Larry, Steve, and Rudy, the Gatlin brothers. Good to see you, man. Yeah. I love you guys. We I want to tell you. you. We love you too. I'm so thrilled to have you guys here and to have all three of you. You know, your music has entertained and blessed people for a long, long time. And I want to go back to life growing up back in Abilene, Texas, where you guys all uh, started singing. At what age did it sort of occur to you that, hey, we might could sing together? Uh, Our mother was going to enter me
6: in a little talent contest. I was six. uh, Steve was four and Rudy was two. And our Aunt Nell said, "Uh, Billy, talked to her I said, you need to put all of them in there. And Mama said, Rudy's only two. He can't sing. So they're in there around the hi-fi. Remember the hi-fi? Yeah, oh yeah. And we were singing along with old Blackwood Brothers and uh-huh. Statesman Quartet albums in their, their uh, 33 RPM. And so they entered us in this little uh, talent contest in Abilene, Texas, and we won the two-, four-, and six-year-old division. Of course, we were the only ones in the two, <laughs> four. Two. <laughs> That's one way to win but, it. But li- that started, yeah. and, and literally, this is our 63rd... Two-, 63, 62, 63? I was sixty-three, six, and I'm 64. 63. Next year yeah. will be our 65th year of singing music together. So That's we're a pretty good grateful. record.
1: We're grateful. We'd be blessed. I know we don't look that old. Well, <laughs> actually, Rudy, you don't.
6: I don't, Rudy, you really don't. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and I've by the way, I, I want to acknowledge that there's a special <laughs> person in this audience, and that's... Uh, a person without whom you wouldn't be here. That's your right, dad, true. your 91-year-old dad, Curly, is here in our audience. Where's so daddy? Come here. Come there. on up here.
6: Is this like uh,
1: you so, oh, heaven? Okay. Remember, remember I love spontaneity. Hey, hey,
6: well, hey, early. early.
1: Hey, the hey, best Gatlin there is. That's right. Well, Turn around bad. there. Right. Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm, you you I'm not singing with Will you. We, I'm just hanging on your watch.
6: We've sung this at more funerals than you can. Some, you can do some. Can you do it in that key? Some that morning. morning? Some
2: glad uh, morning. No, that's
6: all, a, that's, a, 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 that's all. That's all. Way. Way. Um, We're going to do Heaven's Jubilee. Well, some glad morning we oh, shall we see. Sing yeah. now, okay. One, two of them <laughs> like that. Yeah, they, yeah. Have the word, <laughs> they have the word. They have the word some in <laughs> them. But, yeah. <laughs> so okay. it's some okay. glad morning we, we know shall know see. Okay, it's ready? Funny. Are you going to sing the high part? Yes. yes. And you sing what?
7: The low, I'll sing The low
6: part. I'll sing bass. That's
7: yeah. Okay, ready? Three. Some glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air coming after you and me. Joy is ours to share. Wow! Happy what a rejoicing earth will be when the saints shall rise, rise. headed for that jubilee yonder in the sky. Oh, what singing, singing, oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. Oh, what glory, 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 hallelujah, when we meet our blessed Savior in
2: the, in the sky. Wow! (laughs) That's great. I loved it. Beautiful. Stay put.
1: We're going to finish this segment right here. Why not? Why not? You know, Curly, I've got to ask you this question. What Christmas gift did you ever give these guys that you thought was the most significant one they ever got?
6: What did I give them? Mm. Yes, sir. Just my love. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, wow. There. Oh, there you are. you good at that. That's what we call in the business the mic drop. Yes, right? Right. that's, that's wow. your closing. Yeah.
7: Wait a minute, he gave me a belt one time, and these two, <laughs> <laughs> he, they talked me into opening it up. You didn't open up uh-huh. presents before Christmas. No. And there's uh-huh. a bell. Oh my word, and about that time he walked in. <laughs> no, but I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna tell you what he gave us. Used that, I hope I get through this. Look how uh, good I our, talk. Our, we were raised in West Texas, hmm. and Larry and Rudy and I know how to work, and we know how to work hard. And we work hard because we saw our father every day work very, very hard to
1: provide for us, and he All gave right. us a yeah. great work. Yes, <laughs> before that, I'm most no <laughs> welcome. Me too. Honestly, I think what Steve just said may be something we forget. The greatest gifts we ever get in our lives, the greatest things that we receive in Christmas is not something that we tore open out of a box. It's the intangible gifts of love and really the life lesson of the hard work uh, that Steve mentioned then. I I think that's no no doubt about that.
6: You know, Doug, the, uh, the old saying, the man who loves his job is always on vacation. (laughs) Well, we've been on vacation for 65 years, but sometimes you do not want to do the 2 o'clock matinee at some fair out in the middle. You know, it's 150, and you did two shows. You don't want to do that. But you remember that he had to drive and go work on a drilling rig. And so at at 1.52, we might not want to do it, but at 2 o'clock when they say, ladies and gentlemen, will you please well," then we want to do it. We go do our job, and we're grateful to him for that work ethic.
1: And for his love. And uh, Mama's watching. Mm. And she's mighty happy with (laughs) what she's (laughs) doing. Let me remind you, go to GatlinBrothers.com. You get their music, their concert schedule, everything more. They are amazing entertainers. The Gatlinbrothers.com, So you can find out how to get their records. And again, see them in person. Amazing in person. Now in just a moment, they're going to be coming back to do a stellar Christmas medley. So Keith, before they do, you can tell the folks what else we have in store for tonight.
0: Well, up next, Larry, Steve, and Rudy sing holiday classics, then internationally acclaimed tenor Anthony Kearns performs more Huckabee in 60 seconds.
1: And welcome back to our Christmas special. Now, if you're struggling with a really special Christmas gift for your spouse, your family, or maybe just for yourself, look no more. Join me on the stunningly beautiful Baltic seas of Finland, Sweden, Estonia, Denmark, and St. Petersburg next August for the trip of a lifetime as we enjoy God's great natural creations, some stunning architecture, and a celebration of freedom as we sail the calm and pleasant waters of the Baltic areas. Now, we're gonna have the entire super luxury ship, and it's gonna have unforgettable music, teaching, and just old-fashioned wholesome fun and relaxation. The trip, August the 9th through the 18th of 2019. And don't let us sail without you. For details, go to thegreatesttrip.com and sign up to go with me. Here now to perform a holiday medley from their We Say Merry Christmas album, some of my very favorite people, Larry, Steve, and Rudy, the Gatlin brothers. Welcome up, please.
7: And children, listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow.
6: Will help to make the season
0: bright
6: Tiny times with their eyes all aglow
7: will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know the sad Say yeah. yeah.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Gatlin Brothers. Uh, thanks, Gov. And our buddy Steve Smith back
6: there, our guitar player for 42 years. He, he's pretty good,
1: too. I think he's got it. I really do. He does. He's, he's, and he's, he's, so do father. you guys.
6: Well, thanks.
1: Be sure to pick up your copy of We Say Merry Christmas. Isn't it nice to say Merry Christmas? Yeah. Sure. Get it at gatlinbrothers.com. And if you've never seen them perform in person, go see them in their your area or go somewhere fly somewhere to go see me if you have to their concert schedule is online at gatlinbrothers.com and it'll be a blessing and a joy keith you have any other christmas gifts that maybe santa brought for our audience tonight you better believe it next the internationally acclaimed tenor anthony kern performs
0: the beloved carol silver Bells." huckabee is coming right back
1: Welcome back. My next guest is a very good friend, and he's one of the world's foremost tenors, performing before everyone from presidents all the way to the Pope. Now, he was raised in Ireland, but proudly makes America his home now. He is one of the original Irish tenors. Would you welcome Mr. Anthony Kearns? Anthony. Thank you very much. Honored to have you here.
5: Governor, a pleasure to be with you again.
1: Always a pleasure. I have enjoyed being with you on many occasions. You move an audience like few people do, and God has given you such an incredible voice. You've sung all over the world, and as I said, from presidents to popes, which has got to be a little intimidating. And in between. (laughs) (laughs) What what has been the most nerve-wracking moment you've been asked to sing?
5: Well, both of those occasions were nerve-wracking, but I mean, this is nerve-wracking. Anytime you go out, it's nerve-wracking. Oh, these are
1: nice people. They're going to be good to you. Don't have to worry about them. They're friendly faces out here, and that's that's, that's a big start. You started singing when you were young. You became part of the original Irish tenors and and all over the world. Yeah. Now you entertain mostly solo work, but you still do some things with the Still
5: get together with the guys. We just finished a Christmas tour there, and uh, we're 20 years on the go. Mm. So it just went like that, you know? 20 years celebrating our 20th year.
1: You know, the PBS specials that the Irish tenors did, I think, was one of the uh, largest audiences they've ever had. Uh, so it's been an incredibly successful career, but sometimes you're asked to do things like uh, "Star Spangled Banner" at a ball game or all sorts of things. Do you ever still get nervous? Yeah, there's always a, a
5: little bit of nervousness. If you get too relaxed, you know, you just take things for granted. There's always a little bit of a bite there, so yeah. it
1: keeps you on your toes. You know. One thing I hope people, if they've never done, is to come hear you in person. It's it's an experience. It's not just listening to music. It is an experience. Thank you. <clears throat> what all do you have planned for 2019?
5: Well, the Irish Tenors are celebrating our 20th anniversary in Ireland in January. So we kick off in January. Then we'll be back out here traveling across the
1: United States in the month of March and all that madness that it brings with it. So, And I hope very sincerely that if people go to your website, they can find out where all of your Absolutely. concerts are going to be. Yeah. And they can also get uh, your recordings there, which... My solo offering, the only
5: album I have is online. And uh, um, the Irish Tenors, of course, have dozens of albums, but uh, I won't plug those.
1: You don't have to. No. I, I will. I'll tell everybody to get them all. For information about Anthony Kearns, his music, his concerts, and a whole lot more, go to anthonykernstenor.com. It's on your screen. Well, we ask Anthony to sing something special for our Christmas show, and he's got a classic for you. You're going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Kearns. <laughs>
4: Stop lights, flash a bright red and green As the shoppers rush home with their treasures Hear the snow crunch, see the kids bunch This is Santa's big scene
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, Anthony. What a joy to have Anthony Kearns with us on our special here at Christmas time. Our thanks to all of our wonderful guests this evening. And this week, I hope your Christmas stocking will be full and your house warm with the love of family and friends. Be sure to remind everyone that the greatest gift is Jesus. And as C.S. Lewis once said, the son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. Now that is worth celebrating every day of the year. Merry Christmas, everyone. Good night from all of us here at The Huckabee Show. God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful time.